This podcast is a presentation of Nags Head Church. Stay tuned and find us online at nagsheadchurch.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nags Head Church. We have a strong belief here in Nags Head Church uh, that on Sunday mornings when we gather to worship, we can best communicate the Bible, the gospel, uh, to kids when they are in a worship environment at their own age level. And that's why we have invested so much, and we have so many volunteers who do such a fantastic job with Calabunga Cove, all the way from nursery babies, all the way up on Sunday mornings through fifth grade. And uh, we, we believe really strongly here in that. Uh, and the thing that drives that belief about our kids here at Nags Head Church is, is simply because we love children here and we love families. But once a year, and this is that one time a year, uh, we uh, bring our children into worship with the old folks uh, so that they can get an idea uh, of what we do in here. Because you know they gotta be a little bit curious. What do you guys do in there? You close the doors and, and uh, what do you do in there? And so uh, we're glad that all of you, children, we're glad you're in here with us and, uh, and adults as well. Um, so let me start off with, with a couple things this morning. If you're taking notes, whether you're little or older, you're taking notes, point number one is this. The Bible tells us that children are important to Jesus. Why do we love Jesus? Well, because children are important to him. We love children because they're important to him. Matthew chapter 18, verses three and four. And I'm reading scripture today from the International Children's Bible. If you're looking for a Bible to get for your kids, I would highly recommend that one because it's written at, I think, a fourth grade level. And uh, International Children's Bible, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, you must, talking to the adults, you must change and become like little children. And if you don't do this, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The greatest person in the kingdom of heaven is the one who makes himself humble like this child. Now, I am looking for, I need a volunteer who is five or six years old. Could I have somebody who's five or six come up and help me for a moment? Five or six, any five or six, here comes one. Come on up here, Felicity. Is that the best you can do for her? Thank you for coming up. We're glad to have you up here. Can I ask you a few questions? First of all, how old are you? Five. Five years old, okay. You know, I used to be five years old one time. Can you believe that? Can you believe that I used to be five? You can? I was cute just like you. (laughs) Not quite as cute as you. I want to ask you some questions. Can I ask you a couple questions? Felicity's five years old. Can you tell me, Felicity, tell me why in the springtime every year we move our clock forward and in the fall every year we move it back an hour. Can you tell me, why do we do that? Do you know why we do that? No? All right, let me try another question. What's another question that I have? Can you tell me why there are 366 days in this year and only 365 last year? Do you know that, why that is? 
Okay. Can you tell me why it is that in this country, in the, in the United States, now you've grown up in India, right? Correct? Okay. But you live in, in this country now, right? In America. You can't vote for the president this year because you're five years old. Can you tell me why you can't vote for the president? No? You don't know why? Okay, now, I asked you some questions that to be real honest with you, Felicity, most of the people right here in this section, they don't know the answers to those questions either. <laughs> they don't. But let me ask you something. Is a five-year-old supposed to know everything? No. No. And, and, and so you don't know everything, do you? But you're going to get to know more and more as you grow up, aren't you? Okay. But I'm glad you came up, to here, up here to answer these questions for me because you helped me help these people understand what Jesus said. And that's a good thing. Thank you very much. Can I get a hug? Jesus said, unless you become like a little child. He didn't say you had to be a little child. He said, unless you become like a little child. One day Jesus was teaching to a crowd of people about his kingdom, and he called that child to come up beside him, and he said those words to the people in his audience, and he said even adults have to be like children to be in his kingdom. And what he simply meant was this, like, just like children don't know everything. Neither do the rest of us, do we? We have to be humble, he said, like them. We have to be able to admit, I don't know the answer to that question. That's one of the ways that we're humble like, like children. And that means if I don't know everything, I don't know all the answers. What Jesus was communicating to everybody is because we don't know all the answers, we need to trust who? Him. We need to trust God with our lives. Then he said to the adults, he said adults need to help children believe in Jesus. Adults need to never cause children to not believe. And he put a lot of importance, adults, moms, dads, grandparents, he put a lot of importance on our actions and on our words because our actions and our words will either pull children to Jesus or they will push children away from Jesus. So it's clear to us that Jesus loves children, that children can have the kind of faith in Jesus Christ that makes them belong to his family. And as adults, we should make it so important that, that children come to love Jesus. Jesus said another thing. He said this in his gospel. He said to them, he, he said, God assigns angels to children. All right, all of you have a child around you Jesus said God has an angel, has angels for them. Where did he say that? Matthew 18, 12. Be careful, don't think these little children are worth nothing. I tell you that they have angels in heaven who are always with my Father in heaven. They have angels in heaven who are with my Father in heaven. Now let me stop and just correct a couple things that some of you might think. He did not say, and, and, and no parent of a two-year-old will, will under, every parent of a two-year-old understands this. He didn't say children are angels. Okay. Boys and girls, are any of you angels today? I'm looking around. Any angels? No. You're not angels, all right? You're not devils. 
but you're not angels. He didn't say children were angels. He didn't even say that when children go to heaven, they become angels because we don't do that. That's not what he said. But he said, God has such a special love for children on this earth that he has assigned angels who are in heaven for those children. They are there to to guard us and protect us. He wants all children to accept him as their savior. And boys and girls, we hope and pray, and your your folks that work with you, the, the, the ladies and the men who work with you on Sunday mornings, your moms and your dads and a lot of your grandparents, our hope and our prayer is that one day in your life you'll come to receive Jesus Christ as your savior. And because when you do that, then you'll really understand how important Jesus is to you. There was another time, too, when Jesus was teaching a crowd of people, a whole lot of people, and some parents brought their children to Jesus, and they said, we want, boys and girls, we're going to go see Jesus today. He's this really special man. We think he's come from God. We're going to take you to Jesus. And, and they brought him to Jesus so Jesus could pray for those kids. But some of his disciples, some of the grown-ups, didn't think Jesus had enough time to spend with children. They didn't think children were important to Jesus. And so they said, no, 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 you can't bring the kids to Jesus. But listen to what Jesus told them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them. Because the kingdom of heaven belongs to people who are like these children. And then he prayed for those children because Jesus loves children And that means you're important to him. The second thing we need to know, boys and girls, is this. The Bible tells us that Jesus is important to you. You're important to him, but he's important to you as well. And when it becomes that day in my life, in your life, I was 10 years old when Jesus became my savior. Any 10-year-olds here today? All right, any 10s? There's one, I see. I know, 10 and a half? All right, all right, so you know. I asked my grandson the other day, I said, aren't you four? No, I'm four and a half. Excuse me. Um, When he becomes our savior, we have ways to show him that we love him. How do we show Jesus that we love him? Well, first first of all, we show him that we love him when we do accept him as our savior. And everybody needs to believe in Jesus because everybody, the Bible tells us, is a sinner. And when Jesus becomes our savior, he forgives us of all of our sins. He makes us part of his forever family. And as I said, I did that when I was 10. And that was, that was 50 years ago. That's a long time ago. And he's still my savior. Now, parents, listen to me. Because I get questions, and, and Bonnie, you'll get questions from parents about this. Andy has. It's not, receiving Jesus is not about how old your child is. My child's 10, can he be baptized? Maybe. Has he accepted Jesus as his savior? Well, he's 10. Well, that's great. We're glad, we hope he makes it to 11. But has he, made, has he accepted? It's not about how old your child, there's no special age. It's about the readiness of his or her hearts. It's about, how, do they understand why they need a savior? Do they understand what sin is? Can they explain that? Do they understand what Jesus did to forgive their sins? Why there was a cross and a crucifixion? Why there was a resurrection? Have, are they able to say, I, I understand this as a five, six, seven, however old they are, 10 year old can understand those things. Can they explain it? Do they understand it? Are they ready because they know they need Christ? Not because you think they're old enough. 
Can I say that again? It's not about their age, it's about their readiness. Well, and you can't, here's the other thing, you can't push them into it, okay? You let them, you live for Christ in your home, you live for Christ by serving him in the church. You, you, you explain the word to them. They see you living for Jesus Christ. You bring them to the church and, and our, our ministries here help you as a parent guide them to Jesus. And when they're ready, you know what they'll do? They'll tell you, I want Jesus to be my savior now. And some of you can ex- have experienced that in your own lives, in your own families. Jesus then becomes important to them. It's not about how old they are. It's about how ready they are. So secondly, second thing is we show Jesus we love him. First of all, we accept him as our savior. Second, we show Jesus that we love him when we obey him as our Lord, when we begin to do the things that he tells us to do. Children, boys and girls, when you obey your mom and dad, you're letting them know that you love them, aren't you? That's one of the ways you say to them, mom and dad, I love you because I wanna do what you told me to do because I want to make you happy with my actions and, and, and the things that I do, that I'm obedient to you. How do I obey him as our Lord, my Lord? One of the ways that I obey Jesus is by being baptized after I accept him as my savior to show others that Jesus, that I'm in his family. Baptism comes after I believe in Jesus. Becomes, it happens in my life to show everybody that I am now a Christian and he's given me new life. He's, given, he's forgiven me of my sins. He's going to let me go to heaven when that day comes that I die. We show Jesus we love him and we accept him as our savior. We show him when we follow him in baptism to let people know we're in his family. Third way we show Jesus that we love him is that we remember his death when we have communion. We're gonna do that this morning. Uh, we're gonna, communion, what is it? Boys and girls, it's a time when I eat a piece of bread and I drink a, uh, some juice from a cup with my church family. And it reminds me and it reminds all of us that Jesus died for me and because I'm in his church, I'm not alone. When we say I'm in his church, it doesn't mean I'm in this building. This is not a church. We are the church. We belong to one another. Now, let me say to you, parents, here we go. Uh, Because we do this once a year and some of your kids have never been in in a gathering where we have communion. Can my kid take communion? If your child has accepted Jesus Christ as his or her savior, then we would say yes. If they haven't come to that place, then we want them to watch. And by the way, that goes for you as adults as well. Can I take communion here? Uh, If you have accepted Jesus, if you know that you have eternal life, if you've been born again, you're welcome to. If you're not sure of that, just pass the trays on by as they go. Is this simply reminds us of the cross and what Jesus did on the cross for us. There are some cups here that we're going to pass out that have some juice in them. And there are, there are also trays in here that have bread uh, in them. And the cups represent, the juice in the cup represents the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. And the bread represents his body that was crucified on the cross. We're going to pass those out in just a moment. I want to read some scripture to you, however, when Jesus described what was happening here. And this comes from the gospel of Luke. This isn't something we make up on our own. It's something we get right from Jesus Christ. He took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we eat the piece of bread and it reminds us that Jesus died on the cross for us, right? And then he took a cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant, the promise, a new promise in my blood. It is shed 
for you. And so the juice that's in the cup represents the blood of Jesus that forgives us of our sins because we believe in his death on the cross. So we're going to do that right now. Our guys are coming to uh, pass these out and uh, help you adults. We're going to trust you to help your children and let them know, yes, you can. Now let me say before we pass them, go ahead, guys, get ready. Here's something that always happens as a result of us doing this gathering in January. Your kids, when you get home, you and you parents and your children, you're going to have some conversations about what they saw today and what happened. This is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity today to explain to them the gospel, all right? And, uh, and to share, share with them what it means to be a Christian. I'm not a Christian because I do this. I'm not a Christian because I was baptized. I'm a Christian because why? Because I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. The Bible says that when Jesus passed these things around to his disciples when they were having dinner that night, that before they ate the bread and before they drank from the cup, he blessed it and he prayed. So we're going to pray right now. All right, would you bow with me in prayer, everyone, and let's thank him, and then we'll eat, and then we'll drink. Thank you, Father, that you loved us so much, and you have so much grace, and that you were willing to do the most difficult thing that must have ever been done in all this world, in this universe, and that is allow your son, your only son, Jesus, to come and die on a cross to be our Savior. And so we thank you today for him. And one of the ways we thank you for him and remember him is by eating this bread and drinking this cup. So I pray God today would be a great teaching moment in our church and in our families. And we thank you for the salvation that is free to us because it costs you so much. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so Jesus is important to children, and we show him that we love him because we accept him as our Savior. We obey him as our Lord when we're baptized. We obey his command when we have communion. We remember his death. And then another way we obey him is when we treat everybody with love and respect. Our parents, our teachers, people who are like us, people who are different from us, even our brothers and sisters, we treat them with respect. And we especially love those people on this earth who are hurting or angry because of bad things in their lives. And we love them because maybe they don't know yet that they need Jesus' love. So we love them and let them know how much he loves us. And that is the fourth way we show him that we love him as we share our love for Jesus with others. You know, our friends, our parents, our neighbors need Jesus too. And many of them have never been to church. Many of them really don't know anything about who Jesus Christ is. Some of them maybe wouldn't want to come to church. So it's up to us to tell them what Jesus has done for us and that he can be their savior. Now, there was another time in Jesus' story in his life when he was in the temple. Now, the temple's like kids, the temple's like a great big church, but way, way, way bigger than this building, all right? And it's where the Jewish people came and where they worshiped, and Jesus was there. He was, he was healing people. Some of the people he was healing were people who couldn't walk, had never walked in their lives. He was healing somebody who was blind and had never seen. 
And the Bible says he went to those people and he put his hands on them and he spoke a few words to them. And that man who had never walked got up and walked and the man who had never ever seen before, all of a sudden now he could see perfectly clear. We call those things miracles. And the Bible says in that story, in the temple there, in the area where all this was happening, it tells us that there were children there watching all this. And there were some people that because there were children there, there were some people that didn't like it that the children were seeing Jesus do things that those men couldn't do. And they got upset about it. And the fact that the kids were there, they got upset because the children who were there watching Jesus began to sing praises to Jesus. And their songs said Jesus was the Savior. And those people who didn't believe in Jesus got mad about the kids' songs. Can you imagine being upset about children singing to and about Jesus? But they did. Well, we're going to sing to and about Jesus right now. We're going to sing some of the songs that our kids sing on, on Sundays when they're in Cowabunga Cove. I got to listen. Nathan put one of these songs up on Facebook or something. To, and, and I thought, why don't we sing this in church? You know, it was an awesome song. So we're going to do that. We're going to sing those songs to praise. But the Bible says that Jesus, when these people got mad at Jesus, he looked at them and he said, and they got mad at the children. He said, haven't you read in the scriptures? You have taught children and babies to sing praises. So that tells us that Jesus loves it when you and I sing songs to praise him. So we want you to help us sing these songs, kids, that you've learned on Sundays in Calabunga Cove, and we want to praise Jesus in song with you. So let's all stand and sing, shall we? This has been a presentation of Nags Head Church. Love God, love others, reach the world.